Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 325 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This episode 325 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. You can sign up now at fanduel.com slash Boston. Claim your $200 welcome bonus. I am your host, Steve Forney, alongside Mark Allred, as always. And uh, happy Easter, Mark. Happy Easter to you too, sir. It's good. Uh, good to see you. I'm. Uh, hopefully, you and your uh, your family had a great morning. I heard you're a little hung cheese this morning. How's it? Sure am. How's it going? Sure am. No, it was good. Uh, my daughter woke up at one thirty in the morning and saw her Easter basket. It took her an hour and a half uh, t- for us to tell her that uh, it's not morning yet. So that was a battle. But yeah, I, uh, I went out to dinner last night and then watched my Quinni- my Quinnipiac Bobcats win the national championship. Couldn't be happier for Rand Pecknold. What a, what an awesome guy. Um, so shout out to my alma mater, Quinnipiac. Go Bobcats. Uh, and then DVR the Bruins and then watch the Bruins after the Quinnipiac game. It was so at about 1245 at a bottle and a half of wine later. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to go hang out with the rest of my family today. This will be a real... It's be a real treat today, but that's all right. That's what it's all about. So happy Easter, Mark. I hope you had a good week as well. Um, and I want to hear a little bit too about uh, how things went at Funky Murphy's the uh, last weekend. Quickly, shout out to fellow uh, Quinnipiac alum, Nick Melanson. He was absolutely losing his shit last night on the tweet machine. So uh, shout out to him. He is a co-host on the Something Brewing Hockey Podcast. That's on the BNG Podcast Network. Shout out. What up? What up? Um, 
but uh yeah funky murphy's what a great venue that was a great time um i did not expect the turnout i just thought that there would just be a couple bng people there company colleagues and and some uh, a couple bruins fans but we literally took over a huge section of uh funky murphy's in marlboro massachusetts so shout out to everybody ownership at funky murphy's the waiting staff um and i also want to shout out uh bng colleague nick nick tedisco uh bng colleague nick busa uh the hellhammer showed up steve and his wife sue showed up uh bng member tim dumas uh, BNG member Chris Davis, BNG member Chris Nosek, uh, Sharon Dietz was in the house. Thank you for traveling from Boston. Uh, Shooter McGavin, this guy is a legend, always on our, our YouTube channel, uh, you know, interacting. The Walrus was there. That's that's his name on Twitter. I don't know his his real name. Uh, and Mike <laughs> Sullivan, obviously, obviously Mike Sullivan from the Something Brewing Hockey Podcast. Let me tell you how this all happened. Mike Sullivan was at Funky Murphy's weeks, weeks ago, probably a month and a half ago. And he took a sandwich of a very good looking Cuban, a pastrami Reuben, sorry, a pastrami Reuben sandwich. And I just said, wow, that place looks really nice. Do you watch Bruins games all the time? And he goes, yep, we should have a watch party here. And then it all went. So this whole thing started from a pastrami sandwich. And I love pastrami. Nothing brings people together like deli meats. You know, I mean, really, <laughs> exactly. that's what, that's what exactly. brings the people together. So that's awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks to the, the folks at Funky Murphy's. Again, the reason I didn't go was because I don't trust myself. I had a long drive home. Again, I, I, I yes. sound like an alcoholic this morning. I swear I'm not. But um, <laughs> uh, but that's awesome. I'm glad everybody had a good time. Yeah, I missed you, man. I really wanted to have a couple drinks with you and shake your hand and give you a hug and just say thank you for for doing what you're doing every week with me because it's 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 members like you that come on to a platform like this that really bring more listeners to uh to our Bruins hockey talk every week and and we're just getting better and our downloads are increasing it, it's absolutely getting crazy so thank you very much Steve and we will get together sooner or later and have that beer absolutely absolutely look forward to it um and I, I have fun I have fun doing this for real um so Lots to get to today. Um, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of roster shifting, a lot of roster changes. We're going to have some signings. Just when I think that Providence is going to be screwed for the for the playoff run because of all the black aces and guys are going to get called up, then they just sign every every freaking dog that's out there, which is great for them. Sucks for the Thunderbirds, but great for them. Um, so we'll get into that. The Bruins this morning have now officially tied the record for most wins in a season, which is absolutely banana land. Um, I want Mark's opinion on whether or not he wants, uh, you know, you want them to chase this thing. If you care about records or if it's just, you know, you just, do you just play? Um, it doesn't seem to me like they're, they're, it's not like they're exhausting themselves trying to get to this record. It seems like they're just going out there playing three periods. And at the end of it, Oh, by the way, we won again, you know? Um, yeah. So we're going to get into that as well, uh, but we take a quick look back at the games that happened last week. Um, uh, Sunday, April 2nd, they win uh, on the road against St. Louis, a 4-3 win there. Um, a game that uh, saw a couple of Springfield Thunderbirds get called up and uh, just feels good to beat St. Louis. I know they're the Thunderbirds team, but boys, boys, a Bruins fan, it still just feels good to go into St. Louis and win. Um, it's, I know they're not very good this year, but it's nice to always kick them in the teeth. Um, any takeaways from that one there, Mark? Yeah, I, just another grindy freaking win. Very physical. Um, you know, you could definitely cut the tension out in St. Louis with a knife in this game. Um, 
was Bennington in this game? I just don't remember. It was a long time ago. All right. Yeah. So I really wanted something to happen, you know, an attitude or, or even the goalie fight, you know, because I'm just waiting for his, his, his ass to get beat because of how, just like how arrogant he is on the ice, but that's hockey, man. You know, it's, it, it's, you know, forwards and defensemen have ways to get under your skin too. So now, nah, you know, the goalie's got to have a role as well in that, in that, but um, no, it's a good, good win. Uh, like I said, a physical win and a good, when I say physicality in this game, I think it's a good test about what's going to happen in the upcoming playoffs. So, and I understand that we're going to start resting players uh, towards, uh, you know, get that load management with only a couple of games left, but still, um, you still want to get that physicality. You still want to feel that repetitiveness of a body banging. Cause it's just going to get that much more or worse in the, in the postseason when they, when they, when they really grind down on you. So, uh, yeah, I, this was a, an intense game. Um, just, uh, it was a shit stirring game. You know, it really was in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, much I like think... the, much like how this, uh, this, uh, the, uh, Springfield Thunderbirds play. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. He <laughs> loves stirring shit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I liked how, you know, DeBrusque had a goal, Pasternak had an assist, but other than that, it was, you know, two assists for Trent Frederick, Oscar Steen on the board, AJ Greer had an assist, Tyler Bertuzzi scores on the power play. So, you know, you're able to rest guys, have this load management. Bergeron's missed some games. Krejci's missed some games, and they just don't miss a beat. They just they just keep rolling on. They they call somebody up and dress them when whether it's Steen or it's um, Lauko or it's AJ Greer. It's just whoever they put in there has an impact on the game. And um, you know, go. I know it's not the exact same team, but going back to 2019 I think one of the biggest hangups for the Bruins against St. Louis was the physicality they just they couldn't match St. Louis's physicality and you know like you said to go out there and be able to to be able to bang you know be able to bang around a little bit I think that's the biggest difference with this Bruins team than anybody else in the league is that they can play any way you want to play they can match it and you know after the St. Louis game of of, of just running around crushing stuff for three periods. Then they go uh, play Toronto, a team that is not that physical. And, and, you know, they got Luke Shen, but they're not overly physical. Even Ryan O'Reilly to me, wasn't really a factor. Um, they're built, built on speed and quickness and puck, you know, puck moving and creativity. And then the Bruins held them to one goal. They win two to one in that game against Toronto. Um, so I, it, this team can play, you want to play fast, they'll play fast. You want to muck it up, they'll muck it up. You, They can play and match any style that any other team wants to play, and I think that's huge for them um, heading into the playoffs. I'm wondering if you had any takeaways from that Toronto game. Another uh, playoff-style game, and probably going to end up seeing them if they if the Maple Leafs make the second round, of course. <laughs> uh, but that'd be funny. Um, but, no, I, I thought it was a very uh, intense game and so on at TD Garden, um, and it was electric. I mean, just people were just, like, really vibing. That place has just been like that all season. Like, that that's the hottest ticket in the NHL right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just another uh, original six rivalry, uh, which is continually to be more and more of a rival than Montreal. That sucks to hear, but uh, – and say. But, uh, no, I like I liked how close it was and so on, and, and – uh, Jerry Swayman played very well, and he continues to just to be a very good supporting member of this Boston Bruins team, especially in the crease with his buddy Lenius Allmark. And and I just think that 
I I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that you know, there could be a situation that both goaltenders goaltenders could be used. You know, I'm just just saying it, it's starting to make some noise out there. But um, it doesn't matter what happens. It's just we have this this incredible team that was built for the playoffs that much like we didn't have, like you were talking about a little while ago, like getting players like Batuzzi and Hathaway involved into the Boston Bruins uh, at the trade deadline, just increase that productivity in the hits, the aggressiveness, the I'm going to get under your skin game. And that's what we were lacking. And I know so many people of the past told me that's what wins playoffs. And I was always like, buck the trend goals, win games, you know, I was just being, but the, I understand now I'm seeing it more and more about this Boston Bruins team that they can play with anybody, like you said earlier. And this was another, another test of, of, of physicality and grindy and, you know, really just, uh, you know, poke your, you know, poke your finger in the eye, three stooges type of fucking game, you know? Yeah. It and it's exciting. Exciting. It, it, yeah. And at 31 saves for Swayman. I, you know, I will talk about it going forward here, but I see no, I, I'm, starting to think more and more that there's nothing wrong with playing both goalies in the playoffs. I mean, years ago in the NFL, you had one stud running back. Now they rotate three or four guys in and major league baseball. You had a starting pitcher that you needed to go eight innings every day. Now they don't even go four and it's all about your bullpen. So the things that we've known forever in sports don't, aren't always don't, don't always con stay consistent over time. And well, nobody's ever, you know, had a two goalie tandem in the playoffs. Well, it's not, it's not 1974 anymore. So, you know, it's not even 1991 anymore. You don't need Martin Brodeur playing every game or, or Patrick Watt playing every game. Maybe this is the time um, where we see a bit, a little bit of, of, of alternating. So um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not necessarily as against that as other people are. Um, it, it is nice when you play Toronto and you, you know, you, you give up a goal in the second period. They think they got you. And you pot one, you know, midway through the third, they still think they're in it. And then bang, overtime comes. Pasternak gets the winner, 57th of the season. And you just break, you just kick them right in the shins. Oh, I love kicking the Maple Leafs in the shins. So, um, <laughs> uh, again, like we said, I mean, these are, these are games that I think if the Bruins rested a bunch of guys and lost, we would be saying, well, you know, that's, I don't want to say it's a built-in loss, but hey, you can't win them all. I mean, you didn't have this, that, and the other, and yet they're not. They just keep going out and winning. It's amazing. But look at, look, we're watching this Boston Bruins team play the Toronto Maple Leafs and play the St. Louis Blues and other teams, and we're seeing so many rotations of roster players, like good players like Charlie McAvoy, not in the lineup, still winning games. Um, who else has been out of the lineup? Krejci's been out of the lineup, valuable member of that second line, that, that check line. We're still winning games. It's just that next man up mentality of players that just continue to prove that they want to be involved in this as, as much of a capacity as they can without being, you know, a, a, a mainstay on the roster. But this just continues to how much goddamn depth this team has. It's not even frustrating to, to know that we are just a built team right now. And this is amazing. We're, we're breaking records left and right. Um, Linus Allmark could possibly break a goaltending record, which is absolute a wing record, which is absolutely crazy. Which is we're seeing greatness in front of our eyes. And and sometimes I just kind of like stare in, into the abyss with awe and just say, is this really happening? I'm pinching myself. Is this happening? And it is. And it's awesome. 
and I well, love it. And I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for playoffs. You know, it's it's funny because I hear the argument about you know the point the Bruins getting the points record, and it's like, well, you know, back in the day, you didn't get points for overtime losses and things like that. You just tied, and you don't get points for that. Well, but that at the Old same man time, yellow in that cloud, right? At the same time, <laughs> it's like, well, Linus Allmark is going to break a goaltending record. And a season where his backup, his backup, his number two goalie played almost half the season. So it's yeah. not even like he played, you know, 70 games this year. You know, Tuca used to play yeah. 70 games out of 82. That's to be where he is and to not be playing as many games over the course of the season as he has, as goalies has in the past. is just freaking remarkable. And I mean, you, know, you talked about guy, taking guys in and out of the lineup and changing the line combinations. I'm amazed that they can change positions and and how often you know well we don't want to put this guy on the left side we don't want to put this guy on the right side well you know Krejci comes out Zaka goes to center and then the game on Saturday night against New Jersey he, he pots off two goals real quick um one of them right on the power play so they're rotating guys in the power play they're rotating them on positions and it's just uh and, and then oh by the way Taylor Hall's back so it, I know. It's, it's just they they just keep they just keep pounding away and pounding away. And it's uh, like you said, it's just amazing to be a part of. It's amazing to see. I, I can't believe this is the year I decided to stop announcing for him. Um, I guess I just took my bad juju with me. So every, you're welcome, everyone. But um, uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> a real good a, another another playoff style game. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is one of those guys that I just is always really, really good against the Bruins. Um, but they were able to beat him twice, and that was all they needed on Saturday night. Um, it was a little foggy there for me at the end of the game, for sure, watching that one. But, but um, what about you, Mark? Any anything in that uh, Jersey game that you took a note? Just a, another one. I, I I know I'm a broken record here, but it's just another playoff feel type of game. And Jersey's a good team this year. Real surprise this season, um, you know. And they're they're actually right behind the Boston Bruins in the uh, in goal differential. And if I could pull that up, I'll, I'll 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 make a funny on how close these guys are. So the Boston Bruins have a plus one twenty two differential, and the um, New Jersey Devils have a plus sixty. So oh. and that the Bruins lead, and the New Jersey Devils are in second place. How crazy is that? That's <laughs> absolutely nuts. That stat right there. But back to the game, yeah, it was just a, another physical, physical, just you know, game. Um, some more players come in uh, and, and you know do their jobs accordingly, you know, and, and just a real tight, tight battle. Um, it was great to see Lenius Allmark get the win, and uh, you know, and maybe this is the start of his uh, load management and so on. So, but I do want to go back to talk about the uh, the record and so on. It's like we have three games left now. Yeah, I'd like to get it done and over with. Just, just you know, that's awesome. Just to add an accolade to the season. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to lose my, I'm not going to lose my shit over it. Like some people on the internet might. So, um, yeah, I mean, another just a physical battle. I, I, I really like the way this team is getting tested uh, as the playoffs approach. So I'm just, I'm not going to repeat myself and give you over winded <sighs> answers, my man. Well, I mean, my only issue with all the record breaking is that, uh, like, like of all the of all the Super Bowls the Patriots have played in, the one that I will never forget is the one where they lost the undefeated season. So, the more of all the ones they've won, the one that sticks with me is the loss against the Giants. So it's like, 
the more you accomplish in the regular season, the more the pressure's on, the more you look like an underachiever if you don't win the whole thing. And that's just an added amount of pressure that I'm not a big fan of, but I, you know, we'll see the playoffs, especially in this sport are always a different animal. I don't know why, but I'm starting to get real nervous about Pittsburgh. There's just, there's that Sidney Crosby factor. I, I, I think Sidney Crosby for the sake of his career deserves right. The hockey gods deserve to give Sidney one Crosby, one more cup uh, after the career he's had. And I just, I don't want any part of that. Um, Tristan Jari is one of those guys that really pisses off Brad Marchand and I don't need another four game suspension for Marchand because he, you know, snuffed the goalie in the face, right? We don't need any of that. So yeah, getting a little nervous from that perspective, but, um, no, I'm glad they're not, I'm glad they're not, like I said, they're not like going above and beyond to try to break these records. They're just showing up and playing and, and winning and, and, um, uh, you love to see it. I mean, a team like New Jersey, again, I think that the Bruins play in a tougher division and they're still, you know, like you said, blowing New Jersey out of the water stats wise. So um, one thing too, that I like was uh, I like how this team sticks up for themselves. Uh, always uh, end of the game, an unnecessary hit on Pasternak and the team was instead of celebrating, they all turned around, went in the corner and uh, gave Timo Meyer the what for, I, I think that's, that doesn't well, go it unnoticed. A, it, was a, it was a chicken shit move by Maya, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the end of the game. Come on. You guys are down and out and so on. You had no chance to get a goal to tie it. Why, why'd you do that? You, you, now you're just making a point. Yep. And that was a chicken and the, shit and move. The Bruins and I agree, on, I agree on the response. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't skate away. and They, they went in there and let them know that, you know, that's not going to fly. So, um, I don't know. I, I love to see that. I just love where the team's at here mentally, physically, emotionally. I just think they're in oh, such yeah. a good spot. All for each other, my man. Hey, I do want to add, if you're looking at these standings right now, like at the wild card particularly, like you're talking about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh on a two-game winning streak. Buffalo's on a two-game winning streak. And Ottawa won the uh, the game. Uh, and that's 83. Ottawa has 83 points. Buffalo has 85 points. And Pittsburgh has 90. I know there's only a couple of games left to go. But, I mean, right now, I mean, look at, look at Florida. Six-game winning streak. New York Islanders two game winning streak. So this, I mean, whoever we're playing, obviously you don't. I don't want to play the Islanders because it's that Lou Lamorello like trap styled game. I oh, just it's so strangle. So I want to strangle watch. that bald head, but kiss it at the same time because I'm he's he's so annoying in his style, uh, and, but he's just like really smart in what he does and just like doesn't give anything to anybody and so on. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be a battle. I mean, I don't want to see the Islanders just for the fact is that they play that just that oh terrible freaking style. Well, it reminds I would me like of to the see a um, team. reminds me of the when they did Tampa had that Bond villain for a coach and they would play that one three one trap. I just it was <laughs> yes a terrible. New product. Jersey did that. New Jersey yeah. did that oh. for so many years. Ottawa's doing that now. It's just I don't want to play that in a seven game series. I, I I do. I mean, as much as I want to run over a team like Pittsburgh. I also don't want to run over a team and not be mentally prepared for the second round. You know how you know how this Boston Bruins team acts on on days of rest, and I'm actually surprised that the Boston Bruins did play as well because they did have three games rest before the Toronto game on Thursday. That game, I was just like, oh man, what are we going to see? We're going to Jekyll and Hyde and so on because they play that. So if you if you run through Pittsburgh like Tuukka did, the best goaltender in Boston Bruins history years ago, 
in a, in a seven game series. Um, all that rest waiting for the second round. And then your opponent's probably going to be, guess what? Toronto or freaking, I mean, uh, Toronto or Tampa, Tampa Bay or Carolina all waiting for you. So, I mean, I just, it's, it's one of those things that you just don't know what's going to happen because it's not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So um, we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, and it is funny. I'm so focused on how, it's like I'm way up high at the top of the standings looking down and I never even it never even crosses my mind that there's actually quite a battle going on for the wild card. Like you mentioned, it's yes, like if you're not into absolutely. it, you're not paying attention to it. But it, uh, there is there's I don't know, like you said, five or six teams that are fighting for those last couple spots. So uh, that'll be fun yep. to watch over the next week uh, for sure. Um, we do talk a little bit about injuries. As we mentioned, Taylor Hall is back um, financially in order for them to make that work. Um, they did put Felino and Forbert on uh, long-term IR uh, to make them cap compliant. Again, that's not exactly my area of expertise, all this salary cap bull crap. But from what I hear, Felino is close. I'm not sure what the status is on Forbert, but is this all the kind of thing, Mark, where once the playoffs start, I don't know, the, the, the cap sort of goes out the window and you can kind of do what you want? Or, you know, yep. how do they get all those guys back if they're all ready to go? Well, as the as the uh, YouTube viewers can see um, on the screen right now, the Bruins have increased the LTIR relief to six million uh, to six point eight million after activating Hall and placing four Burton Felino on LTIR. We kind of all had a feeling that this was going to happen. Uh, a lot of fans out there were just like, "It's not going to happen. We're not going to be cap compliant. We're going to forfeit games. We're going to be fine. Relax." Evan Gold. This is what Evan Gold is famous for this is why he's a boston bruin uh he's uh, uh the the capologist and so on and he made it work so once the playoffs do start the ltir is gone you can expand your rosters and there's no salary cap i mean i think there's there's some circumvention cap that's going on in the playoffs because Tampa. they didn't they yeah it, bam that's my boy right there because of what tampa did with kucherov they want to eliminate that from from future contention. So, uh, and I'm not very good at the cap either, either. But I'm also reading from Cap Friendly on the screen right now. So, uh, uh, the Boston Bruins made it work, and no worries going forward. But yes, it is good to have Taylor Hall back in the lineup, um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for his presence. Uh, obviously, he came into the game last night against New Jersey. Thought he looked pretty good, you know. Just but this is a leg stretcher. Guy hasn't been um, on the ice with the Boston Bruins for 20 games, going back to uh, February 25th. So, and I wow. can't believe it's been that long. God, yeah. time's flown so fast. But you know, he, if he slots back in, I'm really excited for that third line with his addition on it because he adds that element of of uh, scoring touch. Charlie Coyle in the middle of that third line, that puck possession, um, and really can work all three zones, much like a, a cerebral, slower kind of Krejci, but, but a bigger body Krejci guy. And then you on the right side, you can complement that right side so many times. You could put Hathaway there. You could put Bertuzzi there. But I also heard from somebody I talked to, I think it was the Winged Wheeled podcast. I reached out to them. Uh, fantastic program. Uh, they cover the Detroit Red Wings. And th they kind of told me that he, when he had the opportunity, Petruzzi had the opportunity to be on the right side, they really didn't have a comfort feeling there because 
he was a player that was going on his off wing. So he's much natural for a left winger. So it is going to be interesting on how that how that lines up. But I personally, I'm a Freddie Freddie Frederick. I love this guy. He's I've always been, you know, Trent Frederick. Sorry, Freddie Frederick. I like what Freddie Frederick. What was I talking about? <laughs> I, I was going with it. Yeah, until I, I you know, I, I, I had to correct myself. But uh but no, I like Trent Frederick with with Hall and Coyle. I thought that line was awesome. And and that was a line that was was a pain in the ass. You think our fourth line could be a pain in the ass? That line could be a real pain in the ass when it comes to opposing members in their top line. So wherever he goes, I think it's going to be an increased value because he's just that type of um, you know uh, a player. He's not he's not world like anymore and so on. He's aging, but he's still a complimentary player that still grinds it out. Um, this year, I've noticed him skate. His back checking um, skills have gotten so much better. He's really stretching those legs to uh, to get back into plays if he happens to lose the puck. So I don't know wherever you put him, he's going to be good. But I really want to see him on the third line. Yeah, I, and you know Bertuzzi, I I didn't hear that about his his off wing, but I, I mean I, I feel I feel Coyle has gotten so much more confident, and and just I don't know if it's just who he's playing with or. But I mean, there are those times where he'll just get the puck and he'll just skate around in circles, and you can't take it from him. And and he's shooting you know more. It, and he's, he's shooting, shooting more. more. And when you have guys that um, guys that require attention, like Hall, like you can't just leave Hall to go double coil. But then you have guys that are a little greasier, like Bertuzzi and and Freddie, that can hang around the front of the net, tip pucks, get rebounds, create screens. Um, that's going to make it so much easier on the other two on on Hall and Coil. So. Um, and again, the nice thing is going back to the, you know, Felino and Forbert, they don't have to rush these guys back, um, because they're getting so much contributions from other players. I, I mean, Jacob Zaboral, I think has been fantastic in the, whatever yep. three or four games he's played, even last, uh, the game against New Jersey, a little, uh, a little after the whistle stuff, giving the guy a couple, a, a couple rabbit punches right to the face. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that from Jacob Zaboral. So this nope. kid's playing confident. He's playing with a, a as Jack would say, a little bee on his butt. Um, but he's fired. He's fired up and he's playing well. And um, I just. But he won't be the coin rolling home to you. A tumbling muffin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, so, Mike Sull- Mike Sullivan on the uh, of the uh, something brewing hockey podcast is going to kill me because he's a he's a huge uh, Edwards Homer. I mean, I just I don't want to go inside. His stuff is. It's been the same lines yeah. for like 15 years yeah, it's over like we yeah. i i can't hear you know i just i can't hear you're, it anymore you've regurgitated it enough guy it's, think of something rock, else rock them sock them robots <laughs> but it's like the jack edwards bingo card like they have those it's like yeah eh, you could fill one of those out the entire game but yeah i, I think that forbert will be a bit good come playoff times that'll be a big you know when he's back and ready but i'm not worried about it in the meantime even if they have to start the playoffs without felino without forbert the way that the lineup looks now and getting Hall back, I think they're going to be just fine. We will keep an eye on that. Uh, Krejci continues to be out for a little while. Um, there's got to be something there. Again, we never know if it's upper body, lower body, side body, top body. Low, you know, We never know, but um, I don't know. I got no problem sitting him for, I don't know, at least another couple games until he gets right, especially with all these back-to-backs. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting scenario that's going on with David Krejci. Um, 
and I think something's nagging him a little more than we all thought, but it's still not that bad to keep him out of the games. Um, hopefully he's, uh, he's skating, you know, maybe not with the team and so on, but still stretching the legs, getting the repetitive motions going, and hopefully back for the playoffs. Um, you know, this might be all precautionary and so on, which is not a bad idea, but still it's um, it's something you don't want to move forward. But but like like we've said throughout the 30 minutes that we've recorded so far, it's it, it's how the next man up mentality has been working out. I want to know your thoughts on Pavel Zaka sliding into the center position while Krejci's been out. I mean, I think that's been really good. We all know that Zaka can play all three freaking forward uh, roles, but I think that that was really good. And that might be something the Boston Bruins have in store for a departure of Krejci if he doesn't return next season or or the season after. We have Zaka around for a couple more years to kind of get that second-line role. Sorry. Well, I, I I think that it's been a uh, it's been a trend for this team to get more versatile guys, and even a guy like Eric Halla could play center and wing. Frederick was a center forever; he's been playing wing all season. People forget Nick Foligno was a center in Columbus, so you know having the versatility there and having a guy like Zaka again, who again the in the New Jersey game was playing center and scored two goals in the first period. Um, I think having that versatility is huge. I, I do like the idea of Zaka being able to replace Krejci when Krejci's done. Um, but the other thing is that uh, Krejci has admittedly said in the past that he gets kind of bored with the regular season towards the end. So maybe this is a good way for him to mentally reset as well and, and just kind of, you know, get his mind right heading into it, not just physically, but his mind right as well. So um, yeah, we, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, well, he's he's an emotional guy, and the other thing people don't realize because he's so quiet, he he always tells it exactly how he feels. Like he never sugarcoats yeah. anything; he's just really quiet about it, yeah. so people don't make a big deal about it. But I remember him saying that he's like, "Yeah, I was, like it was like ten games left the season. I'm kind of bored. Like, let's go." You know, that was maybe five, <laughs> whatever that was, four or five years ago. So um, we'll get his mind right. Um, we do have a lot of uh, roster um, moving going on, which we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but before we do, we want to talk about our good friends at FanDuel. Uh, we got Grand Slams, no-hitters, double plays. They are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, an official partner of Major League Baseball. New customers in Massachusetts, right here in our state, they can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Uh, I have admittedly never watched as much baseball as I'm watching now because I got a little action on it. I keep taking the Red Sox to go over and the number is usually eight, eight and a half, nine. And it seems like every game is like 14 to six. So uh, I am just going to keep hammering the, the uh, Red Sox and the over uh, as long as I possibly can. I know, Mark, you're big into golf. It's Masters week. Um, we got trees falling. We got weather stuff going on, but is there a particular, is there a particular master's bet you got that you like? Yeah. You know, I'm definitely going to get in the action on the Philadelphia game this, uh, this evening at six o'clock, Washington on Tuesday at seven o'clock and, and obviously Montreal on Thursday night, but also I'm still involved in the masters right now. The 2023 masters, um, 
the weather has been terrible down there for this tournament, so it's kind of been delayed and and so on. Uh, but also the upcoming RBC Heritage from the Harbor Town Golf Links. I'm looking forward to getting in some action on that. I love the golf. I love the hockey. Kind of works hand in hand. So that's what I'll be doing on my FanDuel app. Uh, Harbor Town is beautiful. Boston. Yeah, beautiful course down there too, uh, uh, Harbor Town. Yes. So definitely check that out. So yeah, visit. Um, Again, don't don't miss. This is your chance. Still, you still have it. Uh, you get two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. Just have to place that five dollar bet. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/Boston and make every moment more. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball, twenty-one and over, and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. Ten dollar first deposit required. Bonuses issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in fourteen days. Restrictions apply. See terms at. Sp- uh, sportsbook.fanduel.com again sportsbook.fanduel.com if you have a gambling problem hope is here visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support play it smart from the start you visit gamesensema.com or visit or call excuse me 1-800-GAM-1234 and uh, always if we can bet as responsibly as we can um, another thing too, we have Mark, uh, we have a, a new sponsor that we're, we're really pumped up about our friend, our friends at action electronics, uh, for over 30 years, action electronics, a Walpole Massachusetts company is in the leading source of value added time saving supply chain solution, uh, solutions. You can visit them online at actionelectronics.com. Give their customer service a call 508-668-3131. That's 508 508- Six six eight three one three one. Follow them on social media as well. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just search AE Supply Chain, um, and also follow their YouTube channel. Action Electronics is on YouTube at Action TV nine zero eight six, and uh, we're we're thrilled to have those guys on board as well. Absolutely. I got a little video just to show you uh, the listeners and the viewers of what this company actually does and how they could help your company with supply chain issues. Supply chain accounts for a significant expense within any business. We call this true cost exposure. Action Electronics is the first choice when looking to add value to your development and production process, allowing you to reduce costs within the supply chain. We will fully customize our services to fit your needs, making sure you are getting the best solution possible. Not only are we trusted and certified, but we have the tools to get the job done right and on time. I guess you can say we have this thing down to a science. Action Electronics, time-saving solutions for over 25 years. Yeah, we nice. want to shout out Action Electronics and uh, Nick Tedesco for um, uh, setting that whole thing up. Nick works for that company. He also works here at the BNG uh, Production Sports Media Company. So thank you very much, Nick. Um, and I want to shout out the person that I met at the watch party, but I don't remember his name. Nick's going to freaking kill me. So it'll be my turn to buy all these green tea shots that you made me feel like absolute crap, Nick. <laughs> green tea shots. Oh, boy. Uh, they were they were tasty. They were tasty, but they came in, in droves. I was just I'm not a shot guy, but Nick was not having a no uh, that day. <laughs> well, thanks to our friends at Action Electronics. That's a sweet ad. As somebody who makes ads, that was pretty sweet. So 
Um, definitely check them out as well. We're happy to have them as part of the Barry. BG. Barry's is Barry's his name. Nick just got in touch with me on the uh, on the uh, Slack channel. Barry's his name, and Barry is a great guy. Um, he bought a bunch of drinks. We we laughed so much together. It was just we hung out and all day long. It was just amazing. So shout out to Barry. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Action Electronics. Love it. Love it. So um, we do want to talk a little bit about some movement going on. It does look like, uh, according to uh, our source name, Mark Allred, uh, looks like <laughs> Brandon me. Bussey is going to get, uh, is traveling to Philly to back up Swayman against the Flyers. Um, we're all starting to work in some load management up there. Um, according to Mark Diver, again, that guy who's not a big uh, Steve Forney fan, <laughs> looks like guys like uh, Brett Harrison, Frederick Brunet, Jonathan Myrenberg uh, could be expected to join AHL Providence uh, in the next few days uh, as their seasons wrap up in the, you know, juniors and college and everything else. So uh, Mark also mentioned that Vinny Letary, Jack Ashan, Connor Carrick uh, will probably be on their way to the Bruins as well if they're not already on their way. So I kind of mentioned it off the top. It seems like the, again, the Bruins have no prospect. The prospect pool is empty. No, it is not. Uh, they just keep um, they, they just keep sort of filling up the bucket. And, you know, when you're losing guys like Letary and Connor Carrick and Ashawn and you're replacing them with this kind of young stud talent, uh, it looks like the Providence train is just going to keep on rolling. Yeah, it's not a problem at all, Steve. Um, I will say that uh, black aces are going to start coming up. I mean, the load, load, we've been talking about the load management <clears throat> and so on. Um, so th this is the appropriate time to do that. I mean, the Bruins are still looking for that record breaking 63rd win, but, um, Vinny Letary, uh, has been playing absolutely amazing this season. Uh, and he's got 21 goals, 24 assists for 45 points and 45 games played a bit of a, uh, you know, um, injury history and so on this season, which kind of sucks for him, but, um, uh, Jack Ashan has four goals, 27 assists, 31 points in 65 games. And Connor Carrick has six goals, 35 assists, 41 points in 60 games played. So this, these are the types of players that are going to be the black aces because they have NHL experience. They have AHL experience. They've been around for a long time. Um, so I kind of think that these are the guys that are going to be called up on uh, when the playoffs start. I don't think it's a great idea, and I'm I'm not speaking that I'm you know some expert in this or anything like that. But I just don't think it's a great idea for fans to grasp on the notion of oh our black aces are going to be Mason Lowry, um, all these Fabian Lysel, Merkulov, Fabian yeah. Lysel, Merkulov, and so on. Because what the black aces do for the people, viewers, and listeners that, that do that do not understand what this means. Black aces are only there to travel with the team and be available if something happens. The roster is expanded after the regular season ends. So these players are there for break glass in case of emergencies. But they practice on their own. They don't normally practice with the regular team, the playoff team, and so on. So they're only getting practice time. They're not really stretching their legs and getting in game action. These are events that you do not want to have your prospects, your younger developing players stop playing. You want to keep them involved. This is exactly what the Vancouver uh, Ducks did to Michael DiPietro 
a goaltender in the Boston Bruins organization, currently playing in the uh, Maine Mariners organiz- uh, organization of the ECHL. They brought him on as a third goaltender throughout the bubble when and when the COVID happened. That lost a whole year of his development. The Boston Bruins team are in this situation. I understand that. It's a playoff series. It's multiple playoff series, hopefully. But you still do not want to have Lysels and Lowrise and, and Harrisons and those kinds of players not playing uh, regularly. They Get them into the American Hockey League playoffs. Try to win a Calder Cup. Why not win a Stanley Cup this year at the Boston Bruins level in the NHL? Go down in the AHL and try to win a, a call to cup. Those are great experiences for these young players that are, are, are just crossing the threshold into professional hockey. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically all I got. I mean, Brandon Bussey, the, the, I think that um, that is going to be happening today. I think you're going to see that on the AHL uh, official website's uh, transaction page. Um, I heard it from a solid source, and I know people out there love my sources and so on. But still, I, I this is what I trust because I, it, it's the load management time. I can absolutely see this happen. And this kid has been grinding his ass out. His first year of professional hockey after leaving Western Michigan last year, after getting to the tournament, uh, uh, I think it was the Frozen Four tournament. Um, but he's 21-5-4. He's got a 2.38 goals against average. And a 925 save percentage. He's ranked in in, in the top uh, five of the AHL in his first rookie season, and 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 it's just an unbelievable story. These are the types of thank yous that the Boston Bruins give to players, you know, of these of the caliber, you know. And this is this is a, also a this might I mean he might be just backing up, but still he's getting the pro experience. He's getting to be around all these guys and seeing us. If he gets into a game, that's awesome because that's a resume builder. But also it's like, hey, there's also a chance that I could possibly be in the future here. I want to sign here and stay here. This guy's a freaking a, a, a gem in the rough, in my opinion. And I'm pumping his tires pretty freaking seriously since he, he, he came up from Maine. So anybody that's been jumping on the bussy bus has been probably only doing it for the last month. I've been doing it for since he signed an ELC. So the kid deserves it if he gets the chance. And I, I think that he is, he's going to do very well because he works with uh, Bob Asenza. He works with Mike Dunham. This is the new style of goaltending coaches in the league. We don't, we're not doing an individual Mitch Cohen. We're not doing an individual with Francois Valère uh, or Lair, whatever you want to call him. We're doing it with two people, one at the NHL level and one that travels around and, and spends many, many hours with these prospects worldwide. Um, <clears throat> so with that, because I know you mentioned DiPietro, who, who would be your option, your third goalie option as a black ace? Because you, you talked about losing a, you know, losing a year and losing time. You don't want to do that again to DiPietro. You probably don't want to do it to Bussy. So does that make it sort of Kaiser by default? Exactly. And, and, and it's nothing, it's nothing to say that Kaiser's terrible and Kaiser's bad. I just don't think that the Boston Bruins see him in the future. I think that he was pretty much a stopgap when he signed a one-year deal last off season. So 
that might be the guy that you bring up to be that that third goaltender as a black ace because you want your prospect, the guy that you're really, really focusing on for the future of this Boston Bruins team. And I know many people say the future is Jeremy Swayman, the future is Almark. You still have to develop and have the next guy ready down in your farm systems. And this is the guy that needs to be done and needs to get more starts and so on. And I just don't think that the organization has seen enough of Kyle Kaiser to really move forward with him. I, and, and it good on Kyle for grinding it out and so on, but his injury history kind of sucked and so on. And, and, you know, there's nothing to do injuries, injuries happen, but I really think that this player has a better opportunity at NHL time, possibly somewhere else. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you got to keep the goalies coming. Um, and you know, this is, this is kind of why you wish you still had Keith Kincaid. You just call that guy. You just make that guy the guy. And of course, he's back down in the AHL. I think that wherever Colorado. But um, yeah, you know that that was the situation we talked about it at the time, where you just it, there was a log jam there with the three goalies, and uh, you'd rather have them now, but you didn't need them two two months ago or whatever it was. So um, yep. it's a bit of a tough spot. So we'll keep our eye out for for Harrison, Brunei, Myrenberg. Um, I love the idea of these guys, and like you said, you know Fabian Lysel is going to get so much more out of playing top line minutes in Providence in the playoffs than they, than he is practicing by himself on some, you know, side college rink in Tampa or wherever that, you know, wherever they're going to end up, it's black aces. So um, keep an eye, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, same goes for uh, Trevor Kuntar, who has just signed a, uh, a entry level contract with the Bruins. He was from BC. We haven't seen him yet. Uh, but we have seen a little bit of Mason Lowry. And again, I've only seen a couple of clips online. I'm glad he'll be in Springfield here in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on him. I, I saw some nice plays too with him and, and Merikolov, who both played at Ohio State together. So um, what have yep. you seen any of him? Have you gotten a chance to really take in a lot of his AHL games here yet, Mark? Or what are some of your takeaways? Yeah, I've seen all three games that he's played for Providence and and he's working really well with a veteran like and captain, team captain uh, Josiah Didier. Um I think those comp, those two complement each other very well. Um Mason's a real fluid skater, you know, it's just a big lanky body. Um you know, work in progress. There's a lot of good things that you do see from Mason at times, but there's a lot of things that you see him being so young and eager to to like really do something that um, you shouldn't be doing positionally, but those are things that he's going to learn and so on, but you cannot take away how fluid he is through all three zones, how he snaps the puck around and so on. And I want to give a shout out to, uh, uh, Brett Howard of the, um, the only Bruins hockey podcast on the BNG hockey podcast network. He mentioned, uh, on their program and on the short shift when he was a, um, uh, a, a guest over there that that Mason Lowry in his last game with Ohio in one of the frozen four um, tournament games played, I think he said 38 minutes, oh, 38 minutes. And they were heavily using him uh, to be uh, on the ice as much as possible uh, against Quinnipiac, which ultimately, um, you know, they, they lost to, and then Quinnipiac Go moves caps. on to win a national, win a national championship. Um but I, I just really like his IQ, his creativity. Um, he handles the puck very well for a taller player. Nice. I like the bobblehead guy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, I think Mason's going to be a very good player in the NHL sooner or later and might even replace a player like 
uh, Brandon Carlo in the near future. Who knows? Um, but uh, or even of a uh, Derek Forbert and so on. I'm not a big sh- uh, block shot guy, but he he's a very mobile defenseman um, throughout all three zones. And he's six four, two hundred eighteen, something like that. It's just um, just how tall he is and the way he moves is pretty impressive. And I'm 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 really excited to see him. Trevor Kutar, on the other hand, I think he got might have gotten banged up in the um, in the playoffs for the uh, Boston College when they um, I think they won the uh, Hockey East Championship. I could be wrong about that. That could be BU, by the way, but I don't know. But Trevor Kutar might be banged up. And uh, has not seen the ice yet, so uh, hopefully we'll see him uh, in the next couple of games. There's only a couple left before the Calder Cup playoffs start. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of these college guys, I think they can get away with more in college on the ice than they can at the pro level, and so they 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 kind of come in. I don't I don't want to say showboating, but they you know they got they got the confidence and they think they can do things with the puck that they could get away with at the college level that they just. The, the guys and the pros have seen and they, they don't get away with it. So, you know, there is that learning curve. You know, I remember seeing it with a guy like Henrik Borgstrom, who I think is in Hershey now, uh, who was at Denver, I think. And he just, he kind of came in and thought that he could do these things. And he, it, you think you can do these things, but you can't Nemo. That's what kind of what it, what it looked <laughs> like there. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of that, but I, I mean, Didier seems, uh, you know, he seems like a good dude. I know he's the captain. Um, he seems like he knows, his role at the minor league level, which is, uh, de- I mean, development. I mean, we talk about it being a developmental league, but he's here to, he's here to make a paycheck. He's here to win a, uh, you know, win a call cup, but he also realizes that the younger guys are going to look to him for help and assistance and, you know, and learning. And I think he's, he's the best AHL veterans are the ones who can teach. And he seems yeah, like the not, kind of guy that only- can do that. Yeah, not only that, Steve, but he's an extension of freaking Ryan Musnell's bench. You know, that's that's the that's the gap between the communication gap between um, you know the coaching staff and the players. Um, and and I think he works very well with Mason Lowry. And uh, also shout out to uh, Brett uh, Howard again for mentioning this on the only Bruins hockey podcast on the BNG Network is that Adam McQuaid has been really close to to uh, Mason Lowry as well. So. Um, you know, as, as a developing player who is not only trying to get better in his offensive skills throughout all three zones, um, this player is a work in progress and also needs to learn how to stand up for himself. Um, and I'm not saying by fighting and so on, but but by being an aggressive player in his own end and clearing bodies, clearing pucks out. And I think Adam McQuaid is a great complimentary uh, teacher for that uh, type of role. Uh, it's it's nice. The staff up and down uh loaded with cup winners i mean that's one of those things you get when you win a cup in 2011 is you can put chris kelly behind the bench you can put adam mcquade upstairs you know you 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 have the ability of guys who've been there that young guys old guys will look up to you know they really will so um so we'll keep an eye on those particular players again it's it's amazing to me to watch that the, the the black aces will be coming up from providence and yet as they leave, the the system just gets refilled in with these guys. I mean, I've been I've been wanting to see Brett Harrison in person for a while. He just seems like a, a, a seems like a Bruin. He just he's a center who can skate and score and hit. And you know, um, Frederick Brunet, I believe, was their first pick. Was that a, oh. a top of the second round pick or the bottom of the first round pick? Um, I don't remember. I'm not exactly sure when but, Frederick Brunet was selected. 
but he he's been having a great year. He split this season with Ramuski and Victorville. Uh, with Ramuski, he got uh, six goals, 29 assists, 35 points. And with Victorville after the trade, uh, he got 10 goals, 28 assists, 38 points. So this is a guy that's very mobile, a power, a power play specialist. And, um, and he could be on his way to Providence as well. Brett Harrison, I would do want to talk about him. He played 27 games with Oshawa and then got traded to uh, Windsor where he played 30 games um, with uh, Oshawa. He had 16 goals, 17 assists, 33 points. And when he moved to uh, Windsor under the skillful eye of uh, Mark Savard, former Boston Bruin, uh, he had 18, 18, and 36 in 30 games played with the Spitfires. And unfortunately, the Spitfires are out. They, that team was really poised to like go far because of Harrison and Shane Wright from the, uh, you know, um, on the Spits. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. But these times give opportunities for young players like this to sign ATOs, ELCs, and so on, and, and filter into their pro, uh, pro seasons because – uh, you know, you can never stop developing great talent from the goal out. Yeah, and I and I I'm wrong. Frederick Brunet was a fifth round pick. For some reason, I thought that he was yes was earlier. Uh, but he was a fifth round pick. So I mean, again, if you if you're able to get these guys deep, and and you know the Bruins for years have done really well drafting guys deep. I mean, you go know, by the way back to Milan Lucic, um, and and Brad Marchand. But I mean, if you're able to get these guys deep and they're able to to work and help. Um, that's big, you know, that's really big. And I'm yep. curious to see now the college season's over if the Bruins do any more, um, sort of plucking from the college ranks. I mean, Quinnipiac, I think they said had, had two actually signed NHL players. So I'm curious to see what else happens with, uh, some of the Bobcats that'll be coming out. Yes. Um, so, uh, we did our prospects. Uh, I think uh, it is Easter Sunday, so at some point here, uh, Stevie's got to get the hell out of here. Um, but we do have a black and gold Discord member question from uh, Sharon Dietz. Um, I don't know if we have that available, Mark. We'll we'll take uh, Sharon's question. I do. Let me put that right up right now. Sharon says, um, I'd be curious as to your thoughts on some of the prospects in Providence and who you think might be an option for next season with the Bruins. Bruins have a lot of wingers who will be UFA, RFA. So curious who you think might be back and who might be uh, an option for Providence. Um, great question, Sharon. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, you know, she's a, um, a Patreon member as well. So thank you for your financial support. And also thank you for finally me meeting you in person at the Funky Murphy's uh, B&G watch party. Um like we talked about earlier in the show, I think Letary, Ashan, and Carrick are going to be those types of guys that are going to go up to the Boston Bruins. Um, Copanin might be another one. Um, you might, who knows, you might see, um, uh, I'm not sure who, who I'm trying to think of, but I lost his name. But there is going to be some uh, some influx in the roster, so um, with uh, load management and so on and black aces. But it's great to have a complimentary set of uh, prospects that can just come in and have this coaching staff at the minor pro levels uh, work with these kids, get them into the games and so on. Um, you know, because if they weren't here, they would report to Providence, but they probably wouldn't get any time to play because Boston is in the playoffs as well as the uh, Providence Bruins. And also the Maine Mariners are also clinched as well. And they signed a two-year affiliation agreement uh, last week 
Um, so the uh, ECHL minor pro system is going to continue uh, for the Boston Bruins in Maine, which is awesome. Uh, so in Maine's been a really good team this year, third in the North division, clinching a playoff spot. So shout out to everybody in Maine, Pat Shea, Michael DiPietro, all those guys, unbelievable players. Um, but yeah, that, I, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking forward to next year too, you know, um, your unrestricted free agents are Bergeron, Bertuzzi, Noshik, Hathaway, uh, Krejci, at least for the forward group. And then Frederick's an RFA and Lauko's an RFA. So there will be some, some options and some room. Um, we talked about how the roster is so loaded right now. And then the year after that's Jake DeBrusque and he's going to want to get paid. So, um, I do think there will be room for some players. I'm not exactly sure if, and you know, Mark would know better than I would. I, I don't know if Lizell is there yet. I don't know if um, a I guy like so. a guy like Merkelov is there yet. And even still, if if Nosek leaves, for instance, and you want to replace your fourth line center, are you better off doing it with a young kid who's playing fourth line minutes, or would you rather just go get some sort of journeyman fourth liner that you can, you know, like you call him a placeholder? for, you know, cheap money that can just hang out in your fourth line and win you a bunch of face-offs. So um, I think that when we look at this these prospects, I do think there's still a rawness to them. I don't know if they're really fully ready um, to make that leap. And even on defense, you know, the only two UFAs are Orlov and Clifton. And, you know, I think that, I think that personally Clifton's going to want to get paid. And he has every right to be. Um, yep. I, I don't think the Bruins... But he might have priced himself out too. Right, I don't think the Bruins are in a position to 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 fork over that money for Clifton. Maybe he maybe he looks in the market and doesn't get what he wants, and he comes back for a cheaper deal. But um, I don't see a guy like Connor Clifton again signing a one year cheap deal or a two year cheap deal. Or um, so you know, there will be some spots open there too. And again, I don't, I haven't heard about Orlov. I from what I gather, he was looking forward to being a free agent, so he's going to test the market too. So I mean, there's two right there that are going to be open, and. You know, I don't know if Lowry will be ready. I don't know if if some of these other guys are going to be ready yet. Um, the only name that I think of that I when I watch Providence and I think, man, this guy could play in the league is Jack Ashan. Um, but even he's just really small. He's he's like he's like Krug 2.0. He's um, I don't think you want a team where you have guys that are Grizzlick and Krug and or Ashan size. You know, at some point you need some big bodies up there. So. Um, I'm not sure what next year will look like, uh, but I do think that's a good question by Sharon. And I like the fact that she's already looking at next year. She's like, we're, we're yeah. going gonna to win the cup this year. And Sharon wants to know what we're doing next year. <laughs> I love that. That's totally fine with us. So um, if you yeah. have any, if you have any questions for us, you can reach out on discord. Um, we also do have, uh, we have a uh, hashtag, hashtag ask B and G. We also have a listener hotline number. Uh, 978 You can hit us up day or night, and we will ask uh, those questions uh, right here on the air. We'll play back your voicemails. And uh, we do also have uh, the Patreon as well, which we appreciate your support, and some Jersey giveaways going on as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, please go to patreon.com slash Black Hockey Podcast and donate $1 per episode. We do about four to six episodes, so it's a very small investment to be eligible to win um, these great hand-signed items. And this month, we have a Jerry Cheever's hand-signed Hall of Fame 1985 
great signature, fully authenticated by JSA. And this is from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Great stuff from him. Uh, and we would definitely love uh, some more interaction with that. Um, and even if you wanted to sponsor our program, we do have brackets where we can add you to our Patreon and, uh, and mention um, your product or your company or something that you want to get out there. So uh, please reach out to uh, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. Send me an email if you'd like to uh, participate in any advertising opportunities with us because we would love to do it. Well, we'd love to work with you. Um, and um, that's what that's all I got, my man. Uh, that the nice. Oh, oh was- by the way. Sorry, sorry. By the way, I do want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company colleague Chris Davis. He was another another guy that I met at the uh, B&G watch party at Funky Murky, Murphy's. Uh, he's got a new godson. His name is Alexander. So shout out to the next biggest Bruins fan, Mr. Alexander. Great picture of Chris, and he's a great guy. I met him, drank so many beers with him, so many <laughs> T-shirts, whatever you want to call them. It's crazy. I can't wait April, to do this again. April birthdays are the best, so absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and one other thing, uh, you know, Mark, if you follow him on social media, talks a lot about uh, opportunities here for you to work at Black and Gold. We have all kinds of different stuff going on. In fact, I reached out to Mark about a freshman in high school that I have who's really tech savvy, loves the Bruins, uh, might be interested in doing some, you know, some work on YouTube. And uh, he's he's kind of a historian. He loves talking about jerseys and old jerseys and what they did with them. And, you know, maybe nice. there, there's maybe there's an opportunity there for some content that, you know, if you're wondering what happened with the jerseys in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, this kid like knows all this stuff. So, um, oh, yeah. Um, again, it doesn't matter if you're in high school or you're retired or you're just looking for some, you know, some side things to do. Um, reach out to Mark because we got some some really good positions available. Absolutely. And we, we're growing. We're a small sports media company. We're growing. We, we're, we've gotten credentials in the NHL with the Boston Bruins, the Providence Bruins in the American Hockey League, the ECHL Maine Mariners. If you live in Maine, Mass or Rhode Island and you can live in close by and you can produce quality content on the regular, please reach out because these opportunities of to sit there, watch a game and, and review it in between periods and talk to the coach and talk to a player are open for people that want to create content here, but you got to do it regularly. We're not taking people on anymore that sign up and, and then no shows and don't do nothing. Right. If you don't last, if you don't last two weeks, I'm sorry, we're moving on and grabbing somebody else uh, for that opportunity. So we're a content, we're a content company. If you can't produce content, we just don't have the, uh, the room for you. Right. Right. So feel free to reach out to myself or Mark about that. Or if you have any other questions or about the business, <clears throat> excuse me um definitely let us know um real quick looking ahead here um sunday sunday night's game at 6 p.m on tnt uh I, my hope is that tnt will do a better job than espn I, I i didn't lose my mind on this and i'm not going to but the fact that espn put the ncaa championship up against the bruins record setting game is bananas that's not how you grow the game that's forcing yep. your fans to to, to make a decision and I again like it like an like an a hole recorded the Bruins, watched the NCAA, then watched the Bruins, and I was up till twelve forty five at night, uh, half in the bag. So th- that was yeah. the only way to properly they, do it. And they had availability to space that out. There's no reason why this NCAA tournament had to go two weeks, two week break. You know, it, you gravitated to all ludicrous. this shit happening. So yeah, space it out so people can actually watch 
there was another game, a women's game too, that was on, and and it was just you know you know you could have done it differently. That's not how you grow the game. And oh, by the way, the eight o'clock Bruins game started at eight seventeen. I counted. That's so right. enough of that bull crap too. <laughs> Tries me bananas. So hopefully, anyway, TNT, your turn. Uh, let's hope these six o'clock game starts at six o five, like they tend to do. Um, and again, that one's at Philly. By the way, I looked it up. Uh, ticket prices going for about eighteen bucks for that game in Philadelphia. Oh, no um, way. So if you can't get into the garden, <laughs> top on the train down to drive 40, down. Um, yeah. <laughs> check that one out. Uh, April 11th at home against Washington. And then the finale Thursday, April 13th on the road against Montreal. I uh, would love to see them wrap up this record uh, before then, but wouldn't it be nice to have the last game of the season in Montreal. And then you break the points record against the freaking Canadians, a record Team they've held since World War II in 1977. <laughs> I mean, um, that would just be so awesome. So um, lots to look forward to. We'll see what the rosters look like. This is a fun time of the year when you, you don't, you know, the points aren't the priority it's rest and getting other guys looks. And um, it should be a fun little stretch here, Mark. So looking Agreed. forward to it. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, happy Easter uh, to everybody out there uh, and get all the chocolate, get the kids all sugared up and then send them to the in-laws. Uh, that would be my recommendation. Um, we do want to say a big thank you to our friends at FanDuel. As always, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Remember, uh, if you sign up, um, your new customer sign up, you make a $10 deposit, you bet $5 on the thing, you get $200 in bonus bets. So FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, and a big thank you to those guys. Uh, and um, we'll do it again next week, Mark. It'll be playoff time. Yes, absolutely. And, and another shout-out to uh, Action Electronics. We're happy to have them aboard. So we're going to be pumping their tires for a while now. So uh, very excited to have those guys on. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait till uh, the, the Philadelphia game tonight, Washington on Tuesday, and Montreal on Thursday, and then it's playoff hockey. We're just, we, we've, been, we've been clamming to get this, this here. And it's finally getting closer. So by this time next week when we record episode 326 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. I love that bobblehead, dude. It's driving me nuts. You got to send me one. Go Bobcats, <laughs> baby. Go Bobcats. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> it, no, it's okay. No worries, about Playoffs, it. baby. Playoffs. Oh, playoffs are here. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so I'll, I, when we record the next podcast, we will be talking about who the playoff matchup will be. Um, and it should be exciting. We'll have all kinds of information about that, who's hot, who's not, and uh, who we're playing and so on. But uh, with that being said, I'm bringing it back to Bobcat Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, can't wait. Spring's in the air. That means playoff hockey. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Reach out to us anytime, and we'll uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll have some answers. Go Bees! See you guys. <laughs>Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. 
Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Yeah.